Welcome to The Trainer's Tribe, a podcast for group fitness business owners who want a reliable business that gives them the freedom and impact they desire. My name is Kyle Wood, and I'm joined by Dale Sidebottom. We're the first people to tell you that working harder or working longer is not necessary. We've both built successful boot camps and created profitable online businesses, which has given us the lifestyles that we love. How do you build a fitness business that's both profitable and that you love working on? That's why we created this podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, welcome back, guys, to episode two. Uh, In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off last episode with Dale interviewing me, and we're going to get to know Dale a bit better. Hmm. Is uh, he's <laughs> probably our like mystery man of mystery at the moment? Yeah, that's right. I suppose uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't have near as many followers as you do, Cole. But yeah, excited to uh, delve into it and explain my sort of journey to uh, how I'm sitting on the couch re- recording episode number two. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's start with we well, started with me. So, what have you always been a fit? Fit kind of guy. Yeah, yep. So I suppose growing up in country Victoria, a little town called Shepparton, and Shep, yep, Shep boy. <laughs> so growing up in the country, I suppose my life sort of really based around sport. So from a young age, I've always played cricket, footy, um, I played soccer, basketball, you name it, I was really? quite active. Yep. So I suppose that was a big sort of part of my upbringing, and I suppose still today that I've played a lot of sport. So yeah, I have been quite active. I didn't start going to the gym till I was about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And I think the main reason I went because girls, I was, girls yeah, <laughs> that uh, I, and I was quite scrawny. Yeah. So I was playing football at the time and uh, I just was getting thrown around like a rag doll. Something needed to change. I needed to try and put on a little bit of size and I went to the gym to do that. So from there, yeah, I loved it and I never saw myself going down sort of this career path, if that sort of makes sense. So similar to you, I suppose, when we were talking in episode one, I simply went because I thought I needed to develop my body to excel more at sport. Yep. Yeah, but it's funny how things turn out, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Cool. So what ended up bringing you, I mean, now you live in Melbourne. Yep. So what ended up bringing you down from the country? I suppose it, it all starts back when I finished year 12, I had the choice I got accepted into a couple of different courses and one of them was PE and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that so I did a an AFL traineeship at a at my high school I went to where like you're a trainee PE teacher okay. and employed through the AFL and things like that oh, really? yeah so I did that for a year and I realized that I, I just loved being involved in sport and PE classes and everything about it so from Shepparton I moved down to Ballarat which is uh about three hours away from Shepparton, about an hour from Melbourne for people that are not uh, from Victoria. And if anybody doesn't know, Ballarat's a really cold place. So mm-hmm. that was my f- first sort of memory from mm-hmm. there. I moved to Ballarat. I was accepted to do uh, my the physical big, education. The big lake there, isn't there? There is a big lake. And a tram. There is a, yeah, there is yeah, a tram yeah. that goes around half the way. Yeah, 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 there you yeah. go. So you know a little bit cold. Yeah. There you go. Very good. So I never actually went on the tram. I did run around the lake a couple of times, but... Yeah, so in Ballarat, I did four years of teaching as a PE teacher, which loved, oh, thought it was fantastic. Cool. Uh, played cricket and football there, and uh, I really enjoyed the country. I never 
never saw myself as wanting to move to Melbourne. Huh. It also always sort of scared me. Yeah. I don't know if that's being a growing up in the country and things like that, but every time I'd come to Melbourne, I'd get a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah, I get yeah. lost. My direction's not very good, but <laughs> I just seem to get lost and overwhelmed. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, I couldn't wait to get back home. Yeah. Yeah. So after Ballarat, once I finished my teaching degree, got a job as a PE teacher at a local primary school in Shepparton. And then I went back and I was captain coach of Shepparton Crew Club. So I went back, started teaching full-time cricket and football. And it was a pretty full-on year, straight out of uni, teaching, yeah. playing sport every night of the week. And nearly all weekend. So, yeah. You'd be, was, you'd be a great PE teacher. Yeah. I, I can imagine you, like, like you know, being at school and being like Mr. Sidebottom, like that, like, hardcore, yeah. like, really energetic, like, so, so was, like guys, we're going to play games. Come on. You'd be like, yeah. And it was, I suppose, at this primary school, it's called Orvale, and because I was new out, I didn't like being called Mister, so I just said students just call me Sidey. Oh yeah. And yeah, my, my classes probably weren't as conventional as they probably should have been, but I know the kids left having a good time. So oh, yeah. and I really fed off their energy. I think uh, teaching primary school students is they just want to learn, they want to have fun. So I think the more energy you can bring, and I suppose this is relevant to a boot camp session, people yeah. feed off your energy. So mm-hmm. the more you have the better environment it creates. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I learned a lot of that from that first year teaching at Orvale. Yeah, so that was sort of my journey. And yeah, I suppose from there, I've always wanted to travel. So I've done a little bit and I went over to London with a few mates. So we moved over there, obviously being a teacher, moving to London, it's quite easy to get work. So relief oh, work. Yeah, okay. so yeah, there was three of us, three, uh, myself and two mates and We'd get a call most mornings and say, you need to go to this school, catch this train, and you'd go there and teach. It was quite challenging. And, yeah, so I did that for probably about five months, and then I was like, you know. just challenging, just new class every Oh, uh, well, a lot of the schools you'd go to, the, they'd have a different teacher every day. Like, they wouldn't have an actual like, an actual teacher. Oh, really? Yeah, so. Is that just the way that they Well, a lot, some of the schools were. Yeah. And um, there'd be, like, 30 students in How the class. How learn? Well, that's the thing. You'd be... You'd just be crowd control, really. Like, yeah. you, you wouldn't teach them anything. And I suppose I adapted to this model that I'd walk in. I wouldn't even say my name and I'd just go bang straight off the bat. I'd play three or four icebreaker name game and team building games. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the third or fourth, the kid's like, wow, this is unreal. Yeah. They go, who are you? Where have you come <laughs> from? Like, And so I'd gain their respect that way. Uh-huh. And then I could find that I could actually get a little bit done, but I'd probably just play a few more games like that through the day because – they just didn't get that and yeah. they, they loved it. I suppose for me as a casual teacher, if you could have the students respecting you and listening to what you're saying, it's going to make it a better job for you as well. So yeah. that was a big sort of learning experience for me just getting yeah. that, yeah. It kind of taught you the power of like those games, I guess. I mean, it's like, yeah, whenever you go to a conference or a workshop, like people always play it and when they're like, oh, I'm doing these things. Again. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they're effective. They are, yep. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, yourself, you go to conferences and things and some of them you play, they're a bit corny and things like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, you, it's better than sitting there, I think. Yeah. So you're still getting up and involved. You might meet somebody you haven't. You might have to work together to achieve something. It might be very minor. Mm-hmm. But I just think it sets the tone for not only your class or your boot camp or your workshop or your PD or whatever you're running. Mm-hmm. I think it 
it just sort of it's a really good way to start something off. So yeah, I I found that to be a real good tool. Yeah, and I suppose from there, so I taught it. Uh, so I've, you just kind of picked the UK because it kind of fit that criteria for yeah. you. Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of friends and family that have moved over to London. They found it easy to get work, and obviously yep. it's so close to Europe, you know. And yeah, yeah. I wanted to do as much travel as I could, uh-huh. and I suppose being a school teacher, it allowed me to have a really well-paid job over there and be able to travel in my holidays. So okay. sort of fit all ticked all the boxes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went over there. I was I was originally going to play cricket. I had every intention of doing that, and. Didn't uh, pick up a cricket bat. I uh, ended up playing AFL football over there. Oh, really? Yeah. So they have an AFL league. They have an AFL league. There's about nine or ten teams over there. So I rocked up there and it's basically just a club of all Aussies oh, over, really? over in London. <laughs> uh, so I played for a team called the West London Wildcats, which was it was a bit uh, at the start. I was a bit, I didn't know if I wanted to do it just because like oh, I played footy all my life, but it was one of the best things I've ever done. Some of, yeah. a lot of my mates now, people that, obviously played football with and traveled with and things like that so yeah, yeah. you've obviously got a bit of a connection you're like-minded people mm-hmm. um you're over in london and yeah it was it was really worthwhile i, I thoroughly enjoyed it mm. yeah being able to tap into communities when you're traveling or when you're living in a new place so important correct yeah yeah i suppose it's a different way of getting a feel of that community or the mm-hmm. the region whatever whereas if you just sort of stick to your own yeah you, you still have fun but yeah. i don't know it sort of opens up more doors and i suppose as i said a lot of my friends now are people that i met yeah playing football with yeah so yeah, it was exciting in london, <laughs> in london correct <laughs> yeah. yeah so what sort of brought that to an end brought you back to melbourne so i was yeah the school i was at only had a um, I went over to London on a two-year working visa. So mm-hmm. uh, my visa ran out, which meant uh, it was obviously time to come home. So once that happened, I travelled through, did a little bit more travel on the way home and did two or three months in Africa on the way home, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Always liked the animals over there and yeah. a bit of the uh, ad- adventure sports. So I did a few bungee jumps and the whitewater rafting and yeah. stuff like that, which was pretty cool. And then, yeah, I, I moved back to Australia and, also, I didn't have much money, so I moved back in with my parents in Shepparton. And uh-huh. after living in London, Shepparton was quite small. And I was like, I think Melbourne's the place for me. So I've gone from being a somebody who used to be really scared of Melbourne. And now I call Melbourne home and I have for probably the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And so in that time, you started doing something similar to me. Like I was sort of blogging my workout ideas out there. Yep. Which are the boot camp trainers. But you started putting resources out there for other PE teachers? Yeah, so tell me about that? it started off with, as I said, when I'd, I had this bag full, I'd take it every day, but bag full of just PDFs or printed out, sorry, printed out bits of paper with yeah. all my icebreaker name games and team building <laughs> exercises. And people used to catch on to me and go, do you have an activity I could use for this class or our own? I thought there needs to be some sort of application or something that requires me not carrying around 50 bits of paper that are unorganized in my bag. Mm-hmm. So I started jotting down ideas for a mobile app and basically it was an app that had games or situations for any time a teacher may need it. So there's 
jokes on there. There's quote of the day. There's brain breakers. Yeah. And there's riddles. You know, there's icebreakers, name games, team building exercises, warm up games, PE games. Then you've got class activities, and and the list goes on. Yeah. So I suppose the last six months that I was in London, I was teaching, and then I'd go home each night, and I'd just start tapping. I called. I was tap away on my computer, and just build this huge resource. So. Yeah, that was my first app I released called Class Break. Yeah, it's, it's gone pretty well, to be honest. It's uh, just a mobile application on iPhone and Android. And uh-huh. yeah, from there, I was, I, I suppose you wonder what more you can do. So yeah, since then, I've made, well, that include, I've got 38 mobile apps at the moment. I've uh, taken a little break from them because they are ty- quite time-consuming. Yeah, so I've got a number for fitness, PE, different sort of basically any sort of way teachers want there's some sort of game there or something yeah 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 I mean, I've had a you showed me them the other day and they're pretty extensive yeah yeah it's a lot of lot of resources on there yeah there is yeah correct cool so did you start doing that while you're in the UK yeah so as I said probably the last last six months okay. I was putting it all together and then I'm lucky enough one of my cousins well two of my cousins brothers used to own a company called Dreamwalk in Melbourne that make mobile phone applications because okay. I didn't know the first thing about it. Yeah. Um, so I approached uh, Sam and Joe and told them my idea and what I wanted to do and they were really great and they made it happen for me. So I think I made three apps with the boys yep. and then I was like, oh, I reckon I can, uh, I don't know, figure this out myself. So yep. from there, I, yeah, I've outsourced a lot. So I make all my own applications now. I wouldn't know the first thing about coding or <laughs> anything like that. So I know we've spoke a little bit about this, but outsourcing yeah. your work. So yeah. I've got a couple of different graphic designers in Eastern Europe and one in the Philippines. And then, yeah, a coder that lives, uh, his name's Pavel actually, that uh, never met, never spoke to, just emails. <laughs> and he's made, yeah, my last 35 apps. Wow. Um, yeah. That's really cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 How did you transition from being a PE teacher to now you run a boot camp as well and you have some PT clients? Yep. So, as I've said, I've always been interested in personal training. Um, I've always gone to the gym. As when I was doing PE in Ballarat, so part of my degree, we had the option to do two different electives, which would obviously give us our certificate three and four in fitness. And... I, I just love going to the gym and want to learn more about it. So I did these electives. I never really thought that I would go down that path. I, I left the door open. I didn't know if I was going to be a personal trainer or anything like yeah. that. Um, and I suppose when I got back from London uh, in Melbourne, I started uh, training a, a couple of mates and my uh, my cousins outdoor. Mm-hmm. And we did this for about six months. And then, I don't know, I suppose I just thought – I'm uh, going to see how I go with this. And I decided to uh, yeah, start my first boot camp, which mm-hmm. I found, and I'm sure other members and listeners can relate to this, I found it really hard to get clients. And I think I started it probably at the wrong time. It was sort of just coming into winter, which yeah. uh, uh, it's not the nicest time to be training outdoors, particularly yeah, yeah. if you don't have a loyal yeah. loyal client base. So I started off with about 12 people, and I did it, I did it for free, uh, three months, so getting up three mornings a week, 6 a.m. to 6.45 for free. Yep. I suppose I had the luxury that I was still teaching yeah, full yeah. time. So I did it for free for three months. What made you still decide to do it for free though? Oh, just because like, 
I didn't I didn't know how to market. I had no uh-huh. idea how. The only clients that I had were sort of friends. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to sort of give them give them the idea that I really knew what I was doing before I made them pay. Yeah. Um, and as it happened, as winter, this is probably lucky, as winter set in, most people dropped off and I think the only two real clients I had for about two months were my two sisters. So uh, uh-huh. I, I probably owe my two sisters quite a lot, to be honest, because <laughs> if I didn't have those, I would have uh, probably stopped it right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and like anything, the more you do, the more you post on social media or you just keep going with what you're doing, people eventually inquire about it and join on. So, or was it a slow thing or was there like a tipping point? There was. It was uh, – so probably for the first year, my client base was really low. And if I was just relying solely on that, there's no way I could have kept it going. Yeah. It, was, it was more of a hobby too. Like I really enjoyed it. And for me early on, because of all my mates, I would do the sessions as well. So I was creating and planning sessions that I wanted to do, uh-huh. um, which I really enjoyed. And then, yeah, as, as I started getting clients and – friends would refer friends and things like that then i stopped doing the sessions and it just focused more on producing good quality content yeah. yeah so i started with one boot camp in richmond and then i started another one up in st kilda so two places in melbourne and from there i continued to build those and they went really well mm-hmm. and they still are today which i can still currently run and then i thought i'm gonna going to uh, get a couple of trainers on and see where we can go so at one stage i had three different trainers working for me yeah and obviously running my sessions as well i probably run 22 to 23 sessions a week of wow. camps and one-on-ones and that's still while i work full-time as a yeah. PE teacher <laughs> at the moment so and i suppose the only reason that people always ask me how can you constantly keep going like that's because i genuinely love both my jobs like okay. i really enjoy training outdoors training people planning fun engaging sessions i find that the most rewarding i think and then i also really like my job teaching so i think i've got the best of both worlds i may be a little bit busy most of the time but yeah i suppose that's sort of been my journey into yeah running sort of pt sessions and a group fitness boot camp yeah what's the name of your boot camp <laughs> so my boot camp's called bottoms up fitness we're mainly baseball only it just got too much for me to be honest having so many different sessions and people and things like that so right. now it's just myself i've just gone back to oh, okay. which has been good because it's allowed me to focus more on my groups and build those did you just feel stretched too thin oh, i was just your... i was like i was chasing my tail i was uh-huh. i was not neither here nor there and i wasn't really giving people my full attention or time or because I was literally trying to fit too much into 24 hours in a day. It just wasn't possible. So I think by cutting that back, I've really been able to focus on producing really good sessions. And from there, I think that's how I've built a good client base. Whereas before, they were a bit rushed. I might not have had time to plan. So I was sort of repeating sessions. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, it'll always be new. I'll tweak it a little bit, but I think that's why people are coming and people will come to other people's sessions because they're different, you know. Yeah. It's not just them going to the gym and doing a stock standard workout. And also it's fun. I think that's the biggest thing that you can take out of this, that if something's not fun, people aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, I've got to have fun as well. Otherwise rocking up in the middle of winter like it is now, yeah. getting there at 5.30 a.m. in the morning to set up can be quite tough. Uh-huh. But I look forward to seeing my clients when they rock up and, yeah, 
think uh, I think that's a big important thing. Make mm-hmm. it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find like financially was it better having more trainers? Uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't think it was because yeah. it might have been okay if I could have invested more time in helping train them. And because what I'd normally do is just ring them up, send through the workout, mm-hmm. and would sort of. Go, I'd hope they'd go all right. Yeah. And I didn't really have much time to market it or uh, get back to clients and things like that. I'd be doing that late at night after my sessions as well. Yeah. So I think it was a good learning experience. Yeah. That, yeah. that it, yeah, I don't think it's, I think it's better to make sure you've got some, something going really well before you try and branch off and try and get other things. So I wouldn't call them failures. Like I obviously learn a lot from them. And I've got a lot of PT gear now because yeah. I bought so much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think financially, I'm probably making more money now because I've got my sessions and one-on-ones and group yeah, weekends yeah. and things going so well. It's, it's interesting. I think, yeah, often we think we just have to keep growing or keep expanding. Correct. And it seems like, yeah, hiring a bunch of trainers and opening new locations. And, and we were talking about it before about your, your second location. And like that just seems like the thing we need to do Whereas, yeah, it doesn't always make sense. We started this podcast, like in episode one, we talked about why we were starting the podcast. And I think remembering why you started a business is so important as well because um, might actually find that you don't necessarily want to start like a fitness empire. You just want to run like a really good local boot camp. Correct. And yeah, so so what you're going to do for that is going to be very different than what you're going to do for building an empire. Yeah, it is. And I... But you don't know that at the time, I suppose, and you just yeah. think, and you just think this is oh, it's going well. Yeah. Someone wants to know in here. Well, geez, it's a good opportunity. You know, you got uh-huh. to take it. Uh-huh. Whereas I think if you've got something going really well, I reckon if you can keep focusing on that and really building that up, mm. and I think that's I'm enjoying it more now because I've got good numbers, I've got good clients, and I'm not worried about other things that are going on. I can just put all my attention into the boot camps I'm doing, which uh-huh. is great. I suppose that's allowed me now to go on and really work on my online businesses. So mm-hmm. not only my apps, but I've had a my website, breakapps.com, with a Z. that's where all like uh, my apps are and things. And I've had a blog for that for a couple of years, which sort of suffered a bit when I started running my uh, Bottoms Up Fitness. So I was able to go back to that. And then also I realized that a lot of the games and fun aspects of my session that other people would like as well so not only for personal trainers but PE teachers so mm. I've yeah created a lot of those and I'm running now quite a successful online business as well so similar to yours which yeah provides good content and I see that that time I was probably spending trying to build other boot camps yeah I can now do that after hours or on the weekend on my computer so mm less mentally taxing and I probably find it more rewarding which I suppose is a good balance when I do work quite a lot of hours with uh, my current jobs uh-huh. yeah so how do you juggle that the full-time job and running like a boot camp business yeah on the side yeah so like what do you do for downtime yeah I suppose during the week <laughs> I don't really get any downtime uh-huh. so like a usual day for me, a Monday, I'll get up, I'll do a boot camp and a one-on-one. Mm. I'll go straight to work and I'll teach all day. And I'll normally, yeah, if I'm squeezing a gym session, I try to. Yeah. Um, and then I normally go and run a couple of one-on-ones in a boot camp most nights. So 
yeah, from leaving the house at probably 20 past five, I normally don't get home till after seven. So, wow. yeah, so downtime, I don't really have much during the week. Yeah. Um, I find on the weekends, uh, my downtime, like I love watching sport, really enjoy hanging out with mates, but I'm still currently playing football and cricket. So, I suppose really Sunday's my only real downtime. So, mm-hmm. and I like just uh, sitting on the couch and relaxing, to be honest. Yeah. 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 I don't mind playing golf as well. I'd like to be a, a lot better, but obviously <laughs> finding it quite hard at the moment because it's a very frustrating sport. So, is there overlap between your job then and the boot camps? Yeah, definitely. So, I work for a company called Cedar and Cricket Australia. So, I teach like elite cricketers, so 17 and 18-year-olds. And I found that a big part of their development is their fitness. More yeah. than just skills. Well, obviously, their skills are important, but they also they get a lot of training, you know, whereas yeah. their fitness side of things, I don't think they get as much mm. sort of training on nutrition or things like that. <laughs> and what I've really liked about it this year is that all the games that I create, so board games, I turn into fitness games or dice or card games or anything like that that everyone will sort of get to view when we have our competitions and things, Kyle, but any of the workouts or games that I create, I always trial first with the students I teach. Yeah. And the reason I do that, they love it. They're getting really good games all the time. They're always new, but I've found that students in my class aren't going to stop turning up if it's a bad lesson. So mm-hmm. whereas at a boot camp, if you do some a lesson that doesn't work or a game that isn't fun or it's too competitive – you might get people that just don't want to come anymore. So yeah. I find that trialing the resources that I'm creating with the students I'm teaching, mm-hmm. I get to milk out the best ones and they're the ones that I use with my boot camps. Huh. So I suppose there is a bit of a crossover uh, that I suppose my passion for health and fitness, I'm passing on to these young adults that I'm teaching. Yeah, And I suppose that's one big thing that I love about my job that each year there might be one or two students that changes their diet completely and it cuts out certain things and just little things like that are really rewarding you don't always expect it and a lot don't like Mm -hmm. they might change it for a couple of days but at at the end of the day they're only kids so if you get one that yeah makes a big sort of adjustment to their life or sees great results and from a teaching point of view because that's probably not why they're coming to Cedar or where I'm teaching. But for a personal sort of level as a teacher, that's really rewarding. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's why, I don't know, I've got that passion and probably why I've started Bottoms Up Fitness, you know, because I really, I don't know, I, I love seeing people get results and how happy it makes people when they can achieve things or they're feeling healthier or, you know, they've overcome injuries and things like that. So, yeah, from my point of view, that's probably in the overlap of both jobs. They're very rewarding in both aspects like that, yeah. So you've got, you mentioned break apps, which yep. is where, where you sort of put all your apps under. Yep. And that's sort of thing you do on the side on top of the boot camp and teaching. So is there anything else you're doing? Yeah, so I suppose with the break apps as well, there's a lot of a lot of my resources, not only in apps, but I created eBooks as well. So that's mainly for teachers. Then also, my good mate, myself, we run a company called My Sport Buddy. We started this off as running kids' specialised sports parties. So we'd get booked out for one or two hours and we'd go and run like a basically a whole game session for yeah. like an eight-year-old's birthday or something or 
and yeah. might say nine-year-old loves dinosaurs can you make a dinosaur themed <laughs> birthday so we'd make all dinosaur games and things like that so i used to like that because i like being really creative and things but again we're finding that most children's birthdays are on the weekend so that little downtime that I do yeah. have was just gone with running uh, birthday parties and they were very, very taxing. Like kids at birthday parties are very full on. So, <laughs> they all shook it up. And- shook it up, crazy, which <laughs> yeah, is good. Like, excited. Oh, so anyway, excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, there has to be an easier way. So now we run uh, kids' holiday programs. So, yeah, actually starting one, we've got a couple this week. So, as it's football season, there are AFL ones and mm-hmm. yes, a couple of two-day programs that yeah, myself and my mate run, which is, uh, yeah, I actually enjoy this a lot more. The birthday parties probably uh, probably got a little bit uh, <laughs> got a little bit old on me, to be honest. So yeah. I find this yeah, quite fun to do in the, in the holidays with obviously teaching 17 and 18-year-olds to go back and run holiday programs with 5 to 12-year-olds. I find it, yeah. Fine, I love their energy. So yeah. even though I'm quite tired at the end of the day after these, yeah, yeah, I find them really rewarding. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I just imagine as well, like spending the whole day with kids, like, so, and you, you seem such like a nice, personable guy. How do you deal with kids when they're sort of acting up? When they're acting like up, yeah. yeah. I suppose I'm a really big believer in you treat people how you want to be treated, uh-huh. and obviously sometimes people don't do that. Yeah. But I suppose it's always about having the right conversation and I see that as a big part of my job at the moment is teaching these young adults the right and wrong way to act yeah. in certain situations. So, yeah, I, that is challenging. I do raise my voice quite a lot. <laughs> I'm not always such a nice, fun person. <laughs> but I suppose at the end of the day, it's not about yelling and screaming. It's about trying to educate them about the right and wrong. Yeah. And that I'm not always in the wrong and uh, not always in the wrong, not always in the right <laughs> and neither are they, but there's certain ways about going about it. So, yeah, yeah, I, but I do get quite angry sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, yeah, I can just imagine. Like, I, yeah, I love spending time with kids as well, but that's always such like a, I mean, I guess you have plenty of experiences like with your years of teaching under your belt yeah. now. Is it, is your rule sort of just like get on those things like as soon as they happen? Yeah, so I suppose I think I've been teaching for eight years now, so you pick up things pretty quickly. And I'll, at the start, I was a very relaxed, fun, mm-hmm. easygoing teacher, a bit of a walkover. Yeah. But I suppose now it's setting those clear boundaries and instructions at the start of the year. Yeah. And that's just what I expect. So mm-hmm. it's like anything, you know, it's like when we're talking about in your interview about the sessions you run at the start when you're starting your boot camp out to what you run by the end. Yeah. Like I know myself, I look through sessions <laughs> I used to do and they are so basic. And it's like, geez, the, the progression you've, that I've had over the two and a half years I've been running my boot camp has been insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay, it's the same with anything, you know, dealing with bad behavior or students messing up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say like anything, you get better at it. You learn from your mistakes, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> cool. Mm. All right. So what's, Coming up next to you, what are you excited about at the moment? Really excited. So, other than this podcast. Other than the podcast, which I have been really excited about. You see, I've rocked up for a lot of notes. (laughs) So, yeah, this podcast is something I've wanted to do for a while. I just haven't known what direction to go in if I wanted. uh, And I think think this will offer not only for personal trainers and boot camp instructors as well, but 
also, you know, teachers with different ways to use fitness to engage students mm-hmm. and different, like if you get a dice or a deck of cards or something, how easy it is to generate a simple, fun, engaging warm-up game or an yep. activity where you can break your lesson up. Yeah. And I think they're skills that a lot of people just don't realize how easy it is to do. Yeah. So yeah. I think with this podcast, we'll be able to express that. Um, I'm also really excited for my member zone section at Bottoms Up Fitness. So that's just gone live where I've got, I think there's over 350 PDF printable resources um, from cool. 16 different categories. So this is for trainers. For right? trainers, yep. Okay. So there's warm up games, there's icebreakers, there's dice games, card games, musical workouts, individual games, team games, board games, list goes on, uh-huh. right? Boxing sessions. So they're all on there. It's printable. You just go and print them. But the, I suppose the, the big thing that I wanted for this website was you can go at the top, you can pick that I want a warm-up game, a circuit session, and a finisher. And then you click on those and you hit this random generalizer button and bang, up comes your session plan for you. Um, cool. I suppose as a trainer, I know how many hours a day I plan yeah. my sessions. <laughs> so to have something like this is... Uh, really exciting not only for other people but even myself like i've been playing around with it this week and just getting new workouts and combinations that i've never used before uh-huh. so um, i'm really excited about that um also this year going to dubai to present at uh connected pe world conference the pe teachers so that's awesome yeah it's pretty exciting so going there to present on different ways to engage people through fitness. So uh-huh. a lot of the stuff that I use in my boot camp will be things that I'll be showing these teachers. So yeah. as I said, there's a massive crossover between the two sort of professions that I've got. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm just sort of finding how I can sort of utilize the skills in both to, so both sort of areas, boot camp instructors and teachers can sort of really engage students or clients through these fitness games that we're creating. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I suppose that's yeah where where I'm going at the moment. I haven't created an app for a while, but uh, they're still there ticking <laughs> away, and yeah, I'm still teaching. Yeah, so there's a bit going on, but as I said, it's all exciting. I love what I do, Kyle, and uh, I think this podcast is going to be another little addition to that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, let's finish up there. So this Done. is episode two of three that were coming out this week. And we'll do, unless there's anything else you want to say? No, not really. Just uh, obviously, just next one, if uh, listeners have heard a little bit about Kyle and myself now, and hopefully can relate to, I don't know, probably the struggles we've had setting up businesses that haven't really worked, or juggling two jobs, or making that decision to leave your secure job and start an online business or your uh-huh. boot camp. So, as you can probably see, that both of us together, we've got a unique sort of skill set. We both come from different backgrounds and I think together we should be able to provide quite a lot of content that from not only things we do but also our mistakes that we've made along the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap that up there for today and uh, we'll be back on Friday with... Episode three. Yep, planning the perfect session. Planning the perfect session. <laughs> so we're going to cover all different aspects of uh, planning your workouts and how you can maybe be, be a bit more, maybe be more efficient. Yep. 
be a bit more with your time, how to come up with better ideas, how to get that nice flow, you know, when those sessions just flow. Yeah. That's what we'll try and help you guys with. And probably the biggest one, maybe dealing with odd numbers and dealing with different fitness levels. I yeah, suppose that's a big one as well. Yeah. yeah. So, that, as you can see, it's quite a bit of content in this next one. Yeah. And we're actually going to record, like, <laughs> we're talking to you guys now, we're actually going to have a little break. I'm going to record that one right away. So, in our time, we'll be back in an hour. And your time, will be back in two days. <laughs> See you, guys. Alrighty, guys. Thanks for listening. If you uh, really like our episode, you can uh, leave feedback and check out our show notes. Yeah, you can find the show notes to all our episodes at trainerstribe.com forward slash podcasts. Uh, and if you're feeling generous or you'd really like to let us know how you're feeling, you can go to iTunes and leave a really nice review for Kyle and myself. Yeah, or if you want to help us spread the word and get more trainers, you know, putting some of this awesome stuff into action and helping to improve our industry, uh, just email this onto someone else or forward it or tell them about the show. We'd really appreciate it. It's really helpful. I've been uh, Dale Sidebottom. I've been Kyle Wood. 